The following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we will be discussing nothing but sports for the next three hours of our recording. We currently have the Super Bowl that is set to take place tomorrow night in a epic matchup between the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Tom Brady looks for his seventh Super Bowl ring. We will tonight what you'll see is we will break down every uh both teams position by position see exactly who has the edge in this year's Super Bowl. Now, some may think it's the Chiefs, but injuries, could injuries have a have a part in this matchup? We will uh we will see about that. We also have the NFL Hall of Fame that is set to be announced tonight as we already know of one person in particular that is former Raiders coach Tom Flores has officially been leaked by ESPN as being officially announced as one of the inductees into this year's Hall of Fame class. Uh, We will break down who we think is going to potentially be inducted into the Hall of Fame, that is, if it isn't already announced before before we get to it. Uh, We will also talk about we have a we have a whole bunch of stuff on the plate tonight so if you guys want to call in and discuss the super bowl any of the any of of the other news in the nfl or whatever else we get to tonight you can call in at 657-383-1308 we'll be live on the air for the next two hours before we go into the extra hour after show which will be at 11 p.m eastern right at the top of the hour uh so those that are not on the line you will not be eligible to be on that third hour uh so be sure to call in before then currently on the line we have our producer jim without his help none of these podcasts would be possible and I believe now. Let's see. I have the, I have this area code. I I know of two people that are in this area code. I want to guess is this Kyle that is joining us? That is correct. All right. Well, welcome Jim and welcome Kyle to uh, to tonight's show. I assume that Lou will be joining us at some point as well. I. Uh, Jim, Kyle, great to have you guys on for for a second straight week. Yeah, I thought I thought I would uh, show up and try to um, keep count with uh, who everybody picks because um, I saw you say that you were going to break down each category and let people pick um, who they think has the advantage. So I've got my pen and paper ready to keep up with it, and at the end of the night. I can tally it up and tell you who uh, the Sports Whispers Weekly podcast thinks going to win the game. 
Yeah, and I just received word from Evan. He posted on the advertisement at Sports Whispers. He will not be able to join us tonight because he is at work. But I assume I'll probably get answers from him in my in my inbox once he eventually gets the chance to listen to tonight's show. So this is a huge matchup, probably one of the tightest matchups I can think of on paper in recent memory between two powerhouse offenses with Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with all the weapons that he has and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with all the uh, with all the weapons that he has. But obviously the big question is are is Kansas City worthy of that three point favorite because they they're heading into the Super Bowl as three point favorite even though technically this is considered a home game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Super Bowl being in Tampa this year. So, yeah, but the other the the argument to that is look at the season record. I mean, what what was Kansas City 15 and 1? Uh 14, Tampa 14 was 11 and 5. Yep. And Kansas City's the defending world champs. So, yeah, of course they deserve to be favorites. Yeah, it definitely it definitely makes I'm, sense. I'm sure if you ask Tampa, they love it. They wouldn't have it any other way. They'd rather be the underdogs. Yeah, I mean they've been the underdogs all all playoffs basically. Even though they were the fifth seed in the in the NFC, they were they've been considered to be underdogs even against. Or actually, no, they were slight favorites, I believe, against the Washington football team. Right. Well, I mean, they, they have been the road warriors, winning on the road everywhere, and now they're at home. So, um, will it make a difference or not? I don't know. You know, Kansas City has proven all year long they can win anywhere. They can win at home. They went on the road. That's true. And obviously – the best the best champions are those that prove that they can win regardless of where they are whether they're road warriors like the like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been so far this postseason or whether they're at home Kyle let's get your thoughts with with Kansas City having this slim favorite of of three points heading into the Super Bowl could do we really look at that as it being as tight as as tight of a matchup as as we think, or could, could could there be? Do you think it should it should technically be be more as far as no. how many points they're giving? No, I think it, it's good because I just think. Like you already said, both offenses are explosive. You know, I think they're both. I don't don't quote, but I definitely think they're both top ten in every single category, like offensive categories. Um, so I I think it's a good margin. I mean, I I just think the X factor is going to be the defense. And yes, Kansas City 
comes up clutch in, in the playoffs with their defense. But on paper, you know, Tampa Bay has a better defense, you know, with Dominic and Sue, with um, Jack Barrett, you know, JPP. You have, you know, another couple other guys that I can't think of off the top of my head who are really good. And so I, I, I just say that, you know, I think Tampa Bay, at the end of the day, I kind of bank um, their money on – a stop when they need it the most, like in the Philadelphia game, you know, it was a shootout and, you know, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and, you know, Derek Barnett, they got pressure on, on Tom Brady when they needed to and got that one stop, you know? Well, why, why don't we start with the defense? Since, since you brought up the defense, Kyle, let's start with the defense because obviously these two teams are most are mostly known for their uh, for their offensive explosions that they've had but at the same time they've also been one of the one of the higher well i sh- i shouldn't say higher but they've given up a lot more points than most people expect out of out of a out of a potential super bowl contending defense for both teams so we'll start out with uh, now, now, Jim. Uh, when you have them listed, do you have them listed by actual position, or do you want us to just go? Here, here, the, here's what I have. I have uh, O line, D line, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, running backs, linebackers, defensive backs, special teams, place kicker and punter, and coaching. So yeah, I've got to split out each each position. Okay, well, since we're starting with the defense, why don't we go with the D line first? Because mm-hmm. over on Kansas, if you if you look at Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champions, you got some big guys uh, out out there on the D line, like Frank Clark. You got Chris Jones, probably two of two of the biggest names probably on Kansas city's defense. You also, you also have want to make sure I'm not. Oh, okay. Cause the way I, the way I have things listed here, I, some players are listed as twice. So I'm going to have to be careful with that. Uh, they will be without Willie Gay jr. Cause he is on injured reserve, but he's a linebacker anyways. But when you, when, yeah, when you take a look, at the, as far as the defensive line goes, they got Frank Clark, they got Alex Okafor, you have Chris Jones, and you have Der- Derek and Nadi. Hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Over on Tampa Bay's side, you have William Golston, you have the returning Vita Vea, you got Khalil Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also you also have to keep have to keep in mind too. Jason Pierre-Paul uh, will will be in that mix as well, and he's actually been probably their best edge rusher that they've had on that de- on that defense. I mean, he he ate up that uh, Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago. Well, that that one player. Um, um, Jason Pierre Paul. Um, I mean, I, we're going to break it down as a combined defensive line, but just him by himself is going to have a big advantage um, as an edge rusher. And if he can contain Mahomes, 
and keep him in the pocket. Um, it will go a long way as to um, slowing down Kansas City's offense. Oh, I agree. And from what we saw last, not last week, but the week before, with with how he fared against Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers was all, was either constantly on the move or Pierre Paul just completely got to him entirely. Yeah. To where and plus, and, uh, plus besides um, uh, Pierre Paul, Shaq Barrett. Um, is is a good outside rusher um, for Tampa, and keep in mind Kansas City um, has has gone through some injuries on their offensive line and had to reshuffle yep. players. A huge one, in fact, with uh, with them missing Fisher. Fisher is going to be out for with with a torn Achilles. We saw we saw Fisher, the, uh, what the absence Fish, Fisher Fisher and Swords both are out. Oh yeah, that's huge. That's uh, so they, oh, I mean, they oh, lost both they lost both their tackles, and that's where you're talking about Jason Pierre-Paul and uh, Shaq Barrett, where they're going to be working at is against Kansas City's backup tackles. Yeah, and considering I'm a lot of a lot of Mahomes' success this season, they have attested to the strength of that offensive line. But at the same time, considering how Tampa has has been able with the help or under the guidance of Todd Bowles this year with how they've been able to get at the quarterback multiple on multiple occasions this year, they're more spread out when it comes to their production on the defensive, uh, on the defensive end where, as far as the uh, yeah, line uh, goes, Kansas City, Kansas City will be using, um, uh, yeah, uh, the backup tag, Andrew Wiley's one of them. And, uh, um, uh, a, a guy named Reamers is the other, and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul even took a shot at Reamers this week, um, saying, "I don't even know who he is." Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty cold when when you have a Super Bowl champion, no less, Pierre-Paul. He did win the Super Bowl with the New York Giants, I believe it was the second Super Bowl that the Patriots lost against the Giants that Pierre Paul was a part of. But when you have yeah. somebody like oh, him uh, going at going at one of those going at one of their one of their replacement uh offensive linemen, yeah, you got a problem. And as far as Wiley goes, I was I was watching a video from the NFL on YouTube earlier earlier today that they released last week, and they said that Wiley, out of all backup guards, he finished he finished below I think it was on a percentage rating or on a percentage scale from zero to to one hundred, he finished at sixty percent efficiency. 
which for a guard, that's not really what you're looking for when it comes to when it comes to protection. So yeah, I think so. You I mean I you got Kansas you got those, you got those two outside guys for Tampa who are. I mean, on paper, as we look at it, definitely have an advantage against um, Kansas City's tackles. And then you throw uh, Nadamakan Sue in the middle. Um, you know, Tampa's got a Tampa's got a pretty good D line. Yeah, it's very intimidating at, at least to me it's it's looking very intimidating when you take a look at all of the at all the talent that they have on the defensive side and honestly if I'm comparing the two I mean yeah Kansas City they got Frank Clark and they got Chris Jones as probably their two main main players to, to build the defense around. But other than that, I mean, they don't real Now, secondary is a different story, but as far as the defensive line goes, I would probably have to give the advantage to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here because it's, it's just so much more filled out with Tampa as opposed to Kansas City where there's still a few questions on that defensive line apart from from Jones and Clark. Another another thing, another thing that uh, Tampa's D line could cause Kansas City to have to do that they don't really want to do is they may have to hold an extra back in the backfield to block, or hold a tight end in the backfield to block instead of sending them out in the pattern. Which limits, you know, which limits their passing game. So, um, I, I don't know. We'll have to see how all that plays out. You know, um, the main thing is, it looks like Tampa's D line is stronger than Kansas City's O line, but they still have to contain Mahomes. There's a way you there's a way you rush a mobile quarterback and it's not straight up the middle because he's going to get outside on you and either run or throw on you. You got to contain him. You got to keep him in the pocket and then let some pressure come from from the middle too from people like Sue or a linebacker maybe blitzing up the middle. They can't let Mahomes get outside the pocket. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the one of the big key X factors when it comes to the Kansas City offense is the fact that Pat Mahomes, yeah, they may get to Mahomes, but he is very, very good at throwing not just on the run, but if he's potentially getting sacked, he ha he has a knack of letting go of that ball regardless of what angle he's throwing at and somehow connecting with with uh, his receivers. So you still you can you can contain him as much as possible, but 
I wouldn't be shocked if we end up seeing Mahomes make some of these some of these weird throws that we're used to seeing out of him in a, in the regular season. Yeah. Now what about what about the uh Charles Woodson got in the Hall of Fame? Um what about uh what about the D-line for uh Kansas City as opposed to the O-line of Tampa? Now the th- the thing with it with Kansas City with Kansas City's D-line is if if anything that's probably been their their one weakness throughout their you know throughout the, uh, ever since Andy Reid came in to the to the to the organization they just I just I I, I don't know how to exactly explain it but Kansas City's defense has had a lot of holes in recent years. Now, Steve Spagnuolo, of course, he's done a terrific job, you know, trying to, trying to maneuver their play, their players into the best position in order to make the necessary, the necessary adjustments. But it's, 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 it's not impossible to score on, on Kansas city. I mean, you take a look at the at between these two teams back in I want to say it was November. Wait, no, actually, yeah, it was it was in November. Kansas City just barely squeaked by twenty-seven to twenty-four. But Brady, in previous years, whenever whenever he's faced a Kansas City defense, he's always been able to shred that defense. To the point, to the point of where back on back on November 29th, it was kind of shocking that he was only able to put up 24 points against against Kansas City. So, considering the fact that everybody is healthy, I mean, yeah, they do have Antonio Brown and Cameron Brait on the injury report, but all indications are that everybody that was listed as questionable for both teams is basically going to play in the Super Bowl. Pretty much the only people that are out are are on the Kansas City side and those were pretty much confirmed to be out and put on injured reserve anyways. Uh when it comes to the Tampa Bay offense, here's the here's the thing with the with the Tampa Bay offense is the fact that they have so many different threats. Not, I mean, not just Tom Brady, you know, considered to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but you have, you have the run game with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, the second. And also if they decide to bring out Keyshawn Vaughn, like they sometimes do for, for some, for some trick plays, but that's also another another thing to keep in mind there. You got Mike Evans who if I recall correctly has been torching opposing defenses this this uh, off season or this postseason so far. You got Chris Godwin who okay, if Evans isn't getting the job done, Godwin's going to be the one to get the job done. You have Antonio Brown assuming that he's 
that he at least plays to somewhat of of the level that he's played at so far this season. Assuming that he can get open, you're probably looking at a considerable a considerable output from him. Uh, also, you got to keep in mind too, Scotty Miller. They're probably going to use as I like to I like to uh, equate Scotty Miller to their version of James White being the scat back, basically. Except this time he's a wide receiver. Uh, very, he he's very. Uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, elusive. Very evasive. Elusive. Yes. Very elusive. elusive. From, uh, from trying a, to get away a, from from the defense. With a ton of speed. Yes. Exactly. As a matter of fact, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but didn't they? Wasn't there an article posted from TMZ, I believe, about how he believes that he can that he can actually outrun Tyreek Hill? Yeah, he, he thinks he could beat him. Uh, he thinks he could beat him in a foot race. Um, and um, there was some research done on it. And about the only comparison they had between the two was their pro camps, you know, when they both came out of college, you know, how they time you and make you jump, do all this stuff at your pro camp. And it didn't solve anything because both of them ran the 40 and 4-3. So um, you can't say that he might not could do it. Um I saw, I saw, uh, God, I don't remember who it was. It was on the Colin Coward show this week. He had, he had some defensive player on there talking about the Super Bowl, and I can't remember who he was. And they brought this up, and it, it was it was a black black guy, black defensive player, and. Uh, he was talking about Scotty Miller. He said, uh, "He said that Scotty Miller is the dude that when you were in high school and you went to a track meet and you knew they were going to run a relay, you knew he was going to run the final leg because he was going to outrun everybody. So he was talking real high about him. Um, and, Ty, and Tyreek Hill... Uh, took the uh, took the easy road out. He just bragged about Scotty Miller, saying he's had a great season and blah blah blah. And he didn't take the bait. He didn't say, "Oh, I could beat him." You know, he didn't he didn't give him that bulletin board material. So uh, I don't know. I know one thing: Scotty Miller is one fast ass white boy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Now, as far as far as I would probably, when you when you take a look at the Tampa Bay offense against the Kansas City Chiefs defense, I would kind of have to give the advantage to the offense, honestly, because it, there's just way too many weapons 
at Brady's disposal, and we know we we know we know damn well what what Brady has done when he has available weapons. I mean, look at the look at the six Super Bowls that he won in New England, and hell, he's even he's even won previously with 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 less uh, weapons. But I mean, By I mean, way, Mahomes, this... Mahomes is loaded too. I mean, he's got weapons too. I mean, he's got yeah. Kelsey, he's got Watkins, he's got Calvin Johnson got in too. Um, he's got Kelsey, yeah, he's got he got Kelsey, he got Watkins, he's got um, Tyreek, um, he's got the running back from LSU. Um, I mean, he, I mean, he's and he's he's a weapon himself. Uh, because he he will run the ball, so I don't know. But going back to going back to the point about the Chiefs D line, um, one of the stats for them in the playoffs, and it it can be misleading, and I'll explain why in a second. They have held five of their final seven opponents in the regular season under a hundred yards rushing. Now that sounds I mean, that sounds great. Until you consider well hell they're usually beating the crap out of them so they're not running the ball, they gotta be throwing. So yeah, of course exactly. they're not gonna have any rushing yards. What do you what do you do if and I mean I've I've seen the Patriots do this in the past. What do you do if a team gets a lead on you and they've got a, a good offensive line that's taking care of your defensive line and they just start feeding their running backs and you just can't stop them? It's, it, it, it's, it's very hard to, to adjust when, when one team is has just been dominant pretty much the pretty much the entire game, you basically have to hope that catch a lucky break or something like. But I mean, like, I mean, do you see how one, do you see how some stats can be misleading? Do you, do you understand yeah. that, Kyle, Steve? I mean, you can sit here and say, "Oh well, Kansas City, their defense hadn't allowed a hundred yard rusher in five of the last seven games." But then you stop and think, well, hell, the other teams they're playing aren't running it because they're already behind playing Kansas City, so they got to throw it. So, of course, they're not getting 100 yards rushing. It sounds good, but the truth is they're probably really not tested. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did lose Kyle. By the way, I think he. I think he. Uh, he had to go to work because he does. He he does work the work the late shift. Uh, oh, okay. But, All right. But yeah, I mean, that, you know, that can be. Stats stats are fun to look at, but I mean, it's just like in business. You can make numbers say anything, but these numbers. I mean, they look great, but. I mean, I mean, what if you're playing the Patriots? You can't get the lead. They got the lead. All of a sudden, they're going to run the ball down your throat with two or three good running backs, 
and a good old line. How good is the Kansas City D line at stopping the run? We don't really know, I don't think. No, I, I, it's it's very it's very hard to tell when it when it comes to and their... it, for some reason, if for some reason Tampa comes out and gets the lead, maybe they get a turnover, maybe they get a two touchdown lead or something, and they start running the ball with Fournette and Jones. We'll find yeah. out if Kansas City can stop it because if they can't, they in for a long afternoon. Plus, if they can't talk about opening up play action pass, oh my God! You know Brady's great at play action pass. So yeah, one one thing to keep an eye on. I, I think I think the thing about Kansas City's D line is we don't really know. We don't really know how good they are. Yeah, taking a look at at their original matchup, which was back on week, I think it was week 12 or week 13. Between Mahomes and Brady, Mahomes went 37 of 49 for 462 yards with three touchdowns. He got sacked twice for a lot. That's Sony numbers. (laughs) Basically. Uh, Brady, on the other hand, went 27 of 41, 345 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. He got sacked once for three yards, and he had a quarterback rating of 61.4. As far as the run game goes, Kansas City's run game wasn't really there. Edward Tolaire only had 11 carries for 37 yards. Bell only had five carries for 22 yards, and you had Pat Mahomes with four with four carries of his own for 28. <clears throat> and see that now, that's as, one of see that's one of the strengths that I think benefit Tampa. I think their D line is is way better than Kansas City's offensive line. Yeah. And as far as far as the Tampa Bay rushing went, now keep in mind here, a lot of these numbers may seem low because of the fact that hell at the half, Kansas City was leading twenty to seven. But in nine carries for Ronald Jones the second, he had nine carries for sixty six yards, his longest rush being thirty four yards. Uh Leonard Fournette, he had only three carries for 10 yards. So the run game wasn't really that much of a, wasn't really that much of a factor for the Tampa Bay offense in their first matchup. The real big well, they matchup. Were, well, they were behind and having to throw. And that's what I was saying yeah. earlier about all these stats about Kansas city, keeping runners under, I mean, keeping teams under a hundred yards. It's 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 easy to do when the team you're playing has to throw it all the time. Of course, they're not going to get no rushing yards. Yeah. Now, I think a big key factor here. Now, granted, we all know the we all know the enigma 
that Gronk, that Rob Gronkowski has become the, the last couple of seasons that he's played. In the later seasons that he was in New England, he became more of a blocker as opposed to, as opposed to uh, you know, uh, an offensive threat, even though he was still used for, for the red zone, uh, the end zone and whatnot. And he was still scoring touchdowns. He was never really used in his later seasons as a primary offensive, you know, down the field threat. With the exception of their last matchup, Gronk had six catches for 106 yards. Compared to Kelsey, Kelsey had eight catches for 82 yards on the Kansas City side. The big, the big factor for Kansas City was Tyreek Hill, who had 13 catches for a whopping 269 yards with three touchdown catches. And his longest was a 75-yard catch. So I think probably the biggest key for the Tampa Bay defense is if they're able to somehow limit Tyreek Hill. Because if he has another explosive game like he did their first matchup, I mean they're in, they're in for a long night tomorrow night. Well, because... Andy Reid needs to adopt Belichick's philosophy to take away the one major strength the other team has and make the others beat you. It works. I mean. Belichick has proven that season after season, game after game. I mean, just like quick example, like he did the Raiders this season with their tight end. That's all world. Nobody can stop him. He didn't do crap yeah, against Darren the Patriots. He didn't do nothing against New England. I mean, Belichick's known for doing that, and that's what you do. So you take out. If you think Hill is the one that's going to beat you, take him out and make somebody else do it. If you think it's Kelsey, take him out. But you you got to take one of them out. And I I think Andy Reid's smart enough to know that. Um, so I don't I don't look for big games from both of those guys. Because I think one of them's gonna get shut down, and then the other one's gonna have to have to be the one to carry the load. Um, and then it may come back to the what? What's the running back's name from LSU? Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I'm expecting yeah, hopefully if they, if they if they can use him in the passing game. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping that maybe perhaps he dials a little it's kind of hard to to say dialing the clock back a little bit considering that he's in his rookie season, but if he can dial back a little bit to his time at LSU because Ed, Edward Tolaire, he he hasn't really lived up yet to the billing that he was getting coming out of college. And going into the well, and, and I'll remind you, see, you know I'm a SEC guy. I'll remind yeah. you of one. I'll, I'll remind you of an issue he had at LSU. He fumbled the ball a lot. Yeah, that's 
obviously in the in the NFL we've seen we've seen it with Belichick if you fumble, if you fumble the ball you're pretty much benched for the entire game or you get completely moved down the you get moved down the depth chart unless your name is Rex Burkhead in that case he just keeps giving the ball to you yeah but on these uh on 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 talking about the offense um I've got some information here. Um, Mike Evans, Drew Pearson got in the Hall of Fame. That kind of surprised me. Um, yeah, that's, Mike that's Evans. A bit of a, uh, that's a little bit of a question mark to me there. Yeah, yeah, me too. I see Calvin. I can see Calvin Johnson and Rod Woodson. I don't know about Drew Pearson, but he got in. Um, they may set a record this year with how many people get in. Possibly. And Peyton hasn't even um, been announced yet, although you'd have to assume he's a shoe-in. But uh, I think Tony Baselli's a shoe-in, the offensive tackle. I, I think he's a shoe-in. Uh, but back back to this, Mike Evans – Matched up against the uh, Chiefs cornerback, Chavarius Ward. It's it's a 1,000% mismatch. Ward cannot oh, guard Mike Evans. No. He, he just can't. No. It, 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 it's not even close. He just can't. And then you back Evans up with, like you said, Godwin Brown, Scotty Miller, Gronk, Cameron Bray, tight ends, um, and even Tyler Johnson. They may, they may throw in the rookie Tyler Johnson into some into some situations too, because Brady has uh, throughout as the season went on, Brady had taken a liking to uh, to the rookie Tyler Johnson. So you may even see him get thrown into some into some packages tomorrow night when they when they played earlier this season. Most of Brady's success was towards Ward's side of the field. Wherever he was covering, that's where Tampa was throwing. So that's something else to keep an eye on. Wherever you see Ward line up on defense, start watching the receiver over there because that's the one they're probably going to. Yeah, and I also know, I believe it was Breland that had some injury issues, I believe, in the divisional matchup. And I believe I believe he was also out part of the game against Buffalo as well. So he's been dealing with some with some nagging injury issues as well. And he's their lead uh He's either their lead or their or their second string uh, cornerback on that defense. So, it, obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, both teams are coming in are coming in banged up. But Kansas City, you know, you got to take a taking a look at, at at some of these potential matchups. You know, like you said, Evans on. Uh, Ward, Evans, yeah, Evans on Ward is—it's quite a big mismatch, but also that means you have Breland likely on Godwin, and Godwin 
had had a majority of the targets out of all the wide receivers for Tampa Bay in their first matchup. So, I mean, Evans, it's very rare that you see Mike Evans only have three catches in a game for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if, and if you want to, if you want to slide um, Tyrone Mathieu over to help out yeah. Ward and double team, um, Evans, then you're going to have Godwin open and one of the tight ends open. Yeah, and I think I, uh, that's an, another thing to keep in mind too is Ty, Tyron Matthew. He had he had a uh, a huge impact in last year's Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, he's so, good. He he's from LSU too. Yeah, the Honey Badger. Yeah, he's good. He is. Uh, I mean, they spent some money to get him and. It's been money well spent. I think one of the keys, though, to Tampa Bay's offense this this during this uh, this meeting is Brady has to limit the forced passes because he 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 did have more touchdowns this year compared to Mahomes slightly, but he also had more picks: forty touchdowns, twelve picks. And a lot of the picks that I've seen him throw recently have been very forced to where there were better, you know, there were better options elsewhere. And he decided, he tried to basically thread the needle when he didn't need to. So, and that, I will say that's the one thing that Kansas City's probably good at in the secondary when it comes to forcing those, forcing those type of bad throws. So that's something that I think Brady, who has had a history of doing, it's something that he's going to have to lay back on when it comes to when it comes to this timeout. But he he, uh, he normally doesn't do that unless he's under a rush. Yeah, and that's uh, that's obviously a big a big problem as well is the fact that. Brady, you know, he's going to have to have uh, his, his offensive line is going to have to be in top shape this this go around. And when you take a look at their offensive line, you know, obviously you've got the the young rookie Tristan Werps on the right. Uh, I believe he's on the right side. Yeah, I think I think they I think they've been using him mainly on the right side this year. Uh, you got Donovan Smith on the uh, on left tackle. You got Ali Marpet as the left guard, I believe. I'm not sure who they're using as their right guard currently, though. Uh, And you have Ryan Jensen as their starting center. So, really, when you compare the two, I would actually give, I mean, obviously, if, if City had Fisher and... And uh, their their other offen- offensive lineman, who for some reason his na- his name is not coming to me right now, uh, Mitchell Sh- Mitchell Schwartz. If they had the, if they had those two active, I would probably give the advantage to Kansas City. But 
considering Tampa is fully healthy and Kansas City's having to rely on the backups for for the left and right tackle, I would probably give the edge on the offensive line to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this in in this uh, situation here because it's basically going to be up to up to Brady to make to make the decision. You know, if he, his big his biggest problem has has been basically forcing those passes. And that and that and, bring, that brings up another that brings up another point about Brady making decisions. Um, you know, he he don't have the arm he used to, but he's still throwing well, and I think he's throwing the deep balls better than I've seen in in a few years. I mean, he's throwing the deep balls really really well. Um, but the thing about him is. He's like he his brain. Um, there is nothing he has not seen. There is no defense he's not seen. You can't hide it from him. He sees it coming. The only thing you can do is is just try to still win the down because he he's gonna know what's coming. You're not gonna fool him. He has seen everything, um, so he knows how to figure out the defenses. And like you said earlier, he's got a very skilled group of skilled players uh, around him. Um, of course, he's got you know everybody talks about Evans and Godwin, but six other Bucks have receiving touchdowns in the postseason. And, you know, he always did that at New England. He spreads it around. He don't care yep. about, okay, well, he's a superstar. I got to go to him. That's not what Tom does. Tom goes to where it's open. He don't care who it is. I, I saw that last – in the championship game, he threw to Fournette a couple of times, and Fournette – just drop perfect passes. And I'm like, why are you freaking throwing to him? And then the next time, the third time he throws for net, it's a touchdown. It's like, yeah, he knows more than I do. <laughs> but um, I think I think Tampa's offense against KC's defense, I think the edge goes to Tampa. Yeah. I w- I would definitely agree with that, especially like you said, with Brady being able to spread out the ball like he like he likes to do. Meanwhile, I I, I hate to compare it to you know to Kansas City's offense because we're talking Tampa Bay offense versus Kansas City defense. But when you look at Mahomes, Mahomes, you normally see him have basically in some games it's two options: you either throw to Tyreek or you throw to Kelsey. You know, you, there's been some games where Watkins has basically been running out there going, I'm open, why the hell are you not throwing it to me? Or <laughs> when he does when he does throw it to Watkins, you know, Watkins doesn't really do much with it or he doesn't even catch it in general. Yeah. And, and, and they thought, always, I mean, you know, they'll use the run game, but 
it's only after the passing game sets it up. I mean, I mean, why don't we, you know, you ask any football fan, is Kansas City, are the Kansas City Chiefs a passing team or a running team? They're a passing team, period, period. So, uh, and in the passing game, if you just look at the passing game and the weapons that Mahomes has at his his disposal in his passing game, as opposed to the weapons Brady has at his disposal in a passing game, I hate to say this, but it's really not a comparison because Tampa's loaded. I mean, when you're when you're talking like Scotty Miller and Antonio Brown are are like bench warmers that come in and give your main guys a breather. I mean, come on. Yeah, and another thing, another thing too is that with Kansas City, you know, normally when when a player is coming off of a rookie season, you want to see them show some sort of progression in their second season. I think we actually saw a little bit of regression this season from Nicole Hardman, considering the the fantastic rookie season he had last year. A lot of people were expecting him to be incorporated more into the offense. And really all we've really seen out of him this year is he's basically been in the role that Edelman was in for quite a bit before he actually became a huge star on that new England offense. And that was basically the returner, the returner role with maybe a few passes thrown in here and there. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to watch considering the fact that you, you know, that Hardman has the same type of speed that you see out of Tyreek Hill or Scotty Miller, you know, and you're just, you're just looking and, and, and you're wondering why the hell isn't Kansas city utilizing him more. So I mean, if I, if I'm taking a look at, at both of these offenses in general, I mean, yeah, Kansas City has their two main studs in in Hill and Kelsey, with okay, maybe uh, a couple of a couple of throws to Watkins here and there, and that's what you know. Watkins is another player that I expected to be heavily involved this season, but I think injuries may have played a bit of a role in that, to where he's been he's been playing, but he's been more limited compared to compared to last season where he basically exploded like he did. Uh, yeah. But as far as Tampa, as far as Tampa goes, you know, like, like you said, you got Godwin, you got Evans, you got Cameron Bright, you got Scotty Miller. Uh, you sometimes even see Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette get involved in, in the passing game. And you also have Gronk out there who's, and, and Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, and Antonio Brown. So, uh, and, you know, that's another thing, too. Antonio Brown, uh, one thing for people to keep in mind is that was only, I believe, his second game with the club, and he only had two catches for 11 yards when he was just still getting uh, used to the Tampa Bay scheme. Now he's fully involved in their in their offensive scheme. So I, I would expect if we start seeing passes thrown Brown's way in the Super Bowl tomorrow night, we're going to see a lot more of a contribution out of him, unless unless he's 
you know, securely guarded compared to compared to what we've seen previously. So I yeah. would definitely give the advantage receiver wise to to uh, uh, on the offense to Tampa. If if uh, Antonio Brown still has a lot left in the tank, you can guarantee he's going to empty it tomorrow just to show out in that Super Bowl to where he gets a big-ass contract after this. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Unless unless he, he decides to stay with Brady for one more year because of that huge, uh, you know, the huge friendship that they've had since, since he signed with New England for that one game last year before uh, Belichick and Kraft decided it was a good PR move. Uh, they needed good PR, so let's let's release him before uh, before the you before, know before he ends up not getting out. charged with anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I guarantee you, that's probably something that pissed Brady off. To where, okay, you know, New England, New England is uh, is promising to to bring people in to, you know, try and make the team better. And let's keep in mind, you know, once he, once he was released from New England, it was all of a sudden those rape allegations seemed to go away because, I mean, yeah. you know, they're still, they're still there, but nobody's even talking about them. And why? Because he wasn't a New England Patriot after that. Yeah, yeah. So what about, uh, what do you think about special teams? This is where I think if you're a Tampa fan, you get a little scared because I think Kansas City's got good special teams. I think they can break break kickoffs, they can break punts. Um, Do you decide... um, just to kick it out of the end zone on the kickoffs or a lot of teams now try to kick it down around inside the five to make them run it. Would you do that to Kansas city or do you want to make them start at the 25 and then on the punt returns, man, Kansas city's dangerous running punts back. Yeah. Here's the, the thing with Kansas city is like that. Like I said previously, McCall Hardman is basically their designated returnee. And you do not want to give him any space to run. I was out there. I would probably have them kick it for a touchback. I wouldn't I wouldn't give them the possibility of of allowing Hardman to return it because he has been known to make it to make a house call from end zone to end zone on multiple occasions, not just last year, but he also had one, I believe this year as well. So he's, he's probably one of the best returners in the league that they, that that, uh, Kansas city has here. Now with Tampa, you know, Tampa, they, I don't know who their designated player is. I think it might be Miller. But they've also used Antonio Brown in certain situations as well because he used to do it for 
for Pittsburgh early in his career. But I would I would kind of I would have to give as far as special teams goes before we even get into the kicker and punter. I would probably give special teams to Kansas City because yeah, I think I would, I would too. Take a, I would rather take a chance uh, putting the ball in the hands of a Tampa Bay returner than I would putting it in the hands of a Kansas City returner because there's always that possibility that there's go, that there's going to be a house call made. Right, right. And, 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 I mean, you know, Miller Miller could break one. Uh, if Brown does it, he could break one. But consistent-wise, Kansas City does it week in and week out. Yeah. All right, we have, uh, we have Lou joining us on the line here. Uh, Lou, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, we have we have we have Jim with us. Uh, hey, boss. We've been breaking down. How's it going, Lou? Down basically. All right. We, we we've basically been breaking down uh, the Super Bowl Fifty Five matchup, yeah. uh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, position by position. Uh, so basically, the Tampa Bay offense against the Kansas City defensive line. Kansas City offense against the Tampa Bay defensive line, and so on and so forth. Uh, Steve, why don't just Steve, now we, Steve, why don't you recap it a little bit and and uh, yeah. get loose thoughts on the uh, different things that you and I have already talked about, and yeah. plus 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 that to give me a little break. <laughs> sounds like, sounds uh, logical. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure thing. And yeah. I, I get to listen uh, to what Lou has to say. Yeah, so we we uh, right. we we basically we started out basically tonight with the the two defensive lines. Uh, right. As far as Kansas City, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, obviously on Kansas City, you have those uh, those and Chris Jones as the primary yes. two uh, big key defensive players on that defensive line. Obviously, with Tampa. You have Adamican Sue, you have Vita Vea, you got William Golston, you have right. Shaquille Barrett, you have Jason Pierre Paul, Levante David, Devin White. It, it, it right, seems very obvious that when it comes to at least at least to me, it seems mm-hmm. very obvious that you have uh Probably the edge. Uh, at least when I when I originally uh, when I when I originally discussed this with Jim, and I don't know why, but Jim all of a sudden dropped. So hopefully he gets back on here Uh-oh. and I can re-add him on here. Um, yes. But we had we had discussed it, and I I said I I had said. Uh, hang on a second, right here. Yep, we have uh, we have Jim added back on. Jim, I don't I don't know what. Okay. Our, nope. Now he's gone again. So I don't know. Jim must be having problems or something. Um, but we had basically discussed uh, the Tampa Bay defense against the Kansas City offensive line, uh, or against the Kansas City offense, and. I had said that, in my opinion, I would I I think that the Tampa Bay defense probably when you when you compare the two defensive lines, that 
it would probably be the Tampa Bay defense that I would give the edge to, considering the fact that you take really? into account that that uh, Kansas City they'll be without their top two tackles in Mitchell Schwartz and and uh, excuse excuse me um, Eric Fisher because of obviously Fisher he tore his Achilles in the matchup against the Buffalo Bills and Mitchell Schwartz he's been out on injured reserve I believe the past couple of weeks so. I believe that it'll be a much easier ma- it'll be a much easier matchup for the Tampa Bay defense against Kansas City's offense as opposed to mm. Kansas City's defense against Tampa Bay's offense. So as far as the two defenses go, Lou, who do you think you would give the edge to? Well, both defenses are kind of weak, you know, best. They're not I mean they are kind of shabby. But uh, it should be a fairly even. It should be a fairly even game. I would say it would be uh, Tampa's uh, on defense. I think it'd be Tampa. Yeah, and it, I I I totally agree there, especially when you consider the fact that you have uh, you you have Jason Pierre-Paul bringing that past experience as well. Yeah, from from his time with the New York Giants, then brings in the experience because I believe what uh, jogged my memory, Lou, was he a part? I believe he was a part of the second Super Bowl win that the Giants had, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so he was yeah he was a part of that second that second Super Bowl win, so he already has a Super Bowl title uh, on on his belt. Uh, Sue, you know, he was. Also in that Super Bowl against the New England Patriots back in Super Bowl 53 between the Patriots and the Rams, that obviously the Patriots ended up winning 13 to three. But uh, Sue, he also brings that experience, and also considering the fact that you know when when you take when you take a look at both defensive lines. We all we all heard, or we all saw, I should say, what happened last week, or not last week, but the week before against Green Bay, when everybody said that, you know, there's no way that Tampa is going to be able to, going to be able to get to Aaron Rodgers. There's just no, there's no way. You know, he's barely been sacked all season, or picked all season. And yet we saw Tampa Bay get to him because of their defensive line. Yes. So I definitely agree with you, Lou, when you, when you said that you give, as far as on defense, you give the edge to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's the open edge. But, but now wait a minute, that's, that's just the defensive line. You still yeah, got to go to the linebackers and DBs. You you got to go right. through all of it. Yeah. Now, as far as far as the as far as the linebackers go, I mean, obviously for Tampa, you got Shaquille Barrett, you got Jason Pierre-Paul, you got Levante David, you got Kev, or Kevin Devin White, uh, you got Kevin Minter, 
upon uh, upon some of some of the uh, some of the other players that they got in that linebacker core. Uh, over in Kansas City, you got Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Dorian O'Daniel, or O'Daniel, Willie Gay Jr. But he's going to be out with with an injury, so he is not going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, you got Ben Neyman, you got Darius Harris, and I believe you have also Amari Cobb. Uh, as far as the uh, defensive backs go, I mean, t- taking a look at uh, taking a look at the safety and also yes. the cornerback position. I mean, cornerback, you got Brashad, you got uh, for Kansas City, you got Bashad Breland. You got Antonio Hamilton and you got Cherverius Ward as the three the three main cornerbacks. And you also have the likes of Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen as far as safety goes for Kansas City. When it comes to Tampa, cornerbacks, you got Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Sean Bunting, and Ryan Smith. I'll tell you one thing. If they end up throwing to Sean Bunting, I think I think uh, that's one player that Kansas City could potentially abuse when it comes to when it comes to matchups because Bunting he he's been on the on the downslide this postseason when it comes to one on one matchups. So I would probably yes. look as far as efficiency. I would probably look at Tampa Bay trying to use more of Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean mm-hmm. for the big for the big matchups. Now, as far as safety goes, for Tampa Bay, uh, they will get back Antoine Winfield Jr., who has had a superb rookie season. You have Jordan Whitehead and you have Mike Edwards as the three the three primary safeties that they that they end up using. Now, as far as safeties go, I would probably give the edge to Kansas City because they get more they get more yeah. uh efficiency out of their out of their safeties in Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen whereas as far as Tampa Bay goes, Winfield Jr has basically gotten a majority of the production as opposed to Jordan Whitehead. I think, I think the problem I think, I think the problem Kansas City's gonna have with their with their uh DBs, they're gonna have to use the safeties. The defensive back? Yeah, they're gonna have to use their safeties to uh, uh help double help double team because I don't think I don't think uh Kansas City uh corners can uh Cover Tampa Bay's receivers. I see. So they're going to have to double. And what I was telling right. Steve, what I was telling Steve earlier, Lou, is when you yeah. have to do that, when you have to go double, then that's going to leave either a third receiver or a tight end open. Oh dear. So. Um. So I think that's going to be a problem for Kansas City. Here, here's the thing. If, if Kansas City cannot get any pressure on Brady, he's going to pick them apart. 
they're I don't see that, have, They're going to have to get pressure on him. And their and their defensive coordinator, he knows how to do it. Um, he was the Giants' defensive coordinator when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, so he knows how to do it. The issue is, does he have the defensive linemen and the linebackers to do it? Mm. You know, because because Tampa can they can hold in a uh, running back, they can hold in a tight end like Gronk to help blocking. Um, right. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup to watch. Is uh, how much how much time Brady has? If he has a lot of time, it could be a long day for Kansas City. What do you th- What do you think, Lou? When it comes to the matchups between the defensive backs and the and the safeties, who would you give the edge to for for both uh, for both matchups between Tampa Bay and Kansas City? I think I'm going to Kansas City here. They have a they have a strong safety unit, so I I seen them handling it with with Tampa Bay. So I'm going to go with that. I'm looking at it as a very fairly even matchup here. I'm not expecting any kind of like a blowout on either side at all. See, I think I think Kansas City has some great athletes in the secondary. My problem is uh, my problem is Tampa just has so many. So many wide receivers, tight ends. It's, I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how you cover them all. You know, and 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 up until now, up until now, I kind of saw Kansas City like that, where they had so many weapons, but they still do. Uh, they don't use nobody but uh, Kelsey and Hill. I mean, it's like Sammy Watkins is waving waving his hand, saying, "Hey, hey, remember me? Uh-huh. Hey, <laughs> yeah, all right, Jim. So, they're really good." They're really going to leave Richard Seymour out of this year's class. Yeah, it looks like it. I'm looking at the Bill Nunn and Alan Faneca have just been added to this yeah, year's class. Yeah, both I, former Steelers. I, 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 I can't argue. I can't. I can't argue with Faneca. He's he deserves it. And they're probably they're who, obviously Bill Nunn. Bill Nunn, uh, I believe I want to say he was. Wait, was he a? No, hang on. Maybe I have. I don't think I've ever heard. He of was. Him. He was. Uh, they have him listed as a scout. Oh, okay. He's, he's one of the okay. He's one of the personnel picks. He's one of the personnel okay. picks. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. But well. I mean, obviously, obviously, they're announcing them in the during the NFL Honors show, which 
they only have about like 38 minutes left, so they've been spreading them out. But I would assume they probably have at the most maybe one, well, not including not including Peyton Manning because Peyton obviously is going to get in. If he doesn't get in, then my mind will be completely blown <laughs> on then a first be, ballot. Then there's something really going wrong around here. <laughs> They're probably saving him for last. Conspiracy yeah. theory. But uh, I, there's also been no Tony Baselli so far, and. Mm. I would have thought Maselli would get in. Yeah, I would assume they probably have at most maybe two people, maybe two uh, inductees left, including Peyton Manning. I I still can't believe Drew Pearson got in. Did you know that, Lou? Drew Pearson Mm -hmm. got in. Yeah, I know. I heard. I can't believe that. I'm stunned that Reggie Wayne isn't even in. To me, he was a good receiver, but Hall of Fame? No. Yeah. He got in over Reggie Wayne. Nah, I'd pick Reggie Wayne. But actually, I wouldn't have picked Reggie Wayne either. I wouldn't have picked either of them. But I would have picked Reggie Wayne before I'd have picked Drew Pearson. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people in New England tonight if, <laughs> if Richard Seymour doesn't get in. Uh, oh, well. Looks like we have, looks like we have another one. John Lynch apparently got. Yeah, in. See, I, I picked him. I picked him, I, and I'm all right with that. Yeah. I think, man, that dude. If you ever saw him play, oh my god, <laughs> what a safety! Oh my god, he would rock your world. <laughs> yeah, people, people were kind of shocked that he missed last year. Because a lot of, a lot of people the, thought he would get in last year. And now he's the GM in charge of bringing the Chargers, I mean, Niners back into existence from the dead. Yeah. No, I like John Lynch. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. And also we have the comeback player of the year. We have Alex Smith. We have offensive player That's of the year thing. goes. Offensive player of the year goes to Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, obviously, the coach of the year. We did a poll uh, for this in Sports Whispers a couple weeks ago. Coach of the year goes to uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I mean, that's the best pick of the year. I mean, you know, I, that's, there were a lot of good ones this year, a lot of good ones. Um, so I, I guess you can't argue with that. But there were a lot of very deserving uh, coaches of the year. I mean, look at you know, look at Buffalo. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, look look. Look at, I mean, everybody's going to say, well, God, look how many players he's got. But look at Bruce Arians taking all those different people and molding them all together in one season and turning out as good as they are. Look at at Frank Reich with the Colts. Who thought the Colts would 
would be that good. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you know what? That's another thing. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Frank Reich because his Colts are currently rumored to be the uh, front runners for a trade involving Carson Wentz, which considering right. that the Matthew Stafford news broke during this uh, during this podcast last week, who knows if maybe we'll get a Carson Wentz breaking news uh, tonight by the end of the by the end of the show tonight. Uh, I think mm, I, I mean I, I think that's the perfect fit, but I don't I don't you know. Philly's got something to say about that. They may not want to do that. Philly may want to send him to Chicago and get Nick Foles back to back up Jalen Hurts. Yeah, well, they better hope to God there isn't another, you know, there isn't another uh, controversy again like there was this year between <laughs> between uh, Hurts and, and Wentz. Man. And they say the Raiders. They say the Raiders are are uh, ready to give up Derek Carr in a trade to get Deshaun. Yeah, that's time. I'm I got a wife. Take Watson. I, I, I got a wife. I got a wife that's on the warpath about that. You know, she, her sister, her brothers, her dad, they all graduated from Fresno State, where Derek went. Plus, they're all Raider fans, so they love Derek Carr. And I'm like, but, but JJ, I understand you like him, but Deshaun Watson? I mean, really? You don't want Deshaun Watson? You know? Think about how much better that offense is going to become if they somehow land Watson. Uh, You put Deshaun Watson with John Ruger? Oh my God! <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be quite the interesting uh, carousel of quarterbacks because, like you said last week, Jim, there's probably going to be a lot of movement this off season. Not just oh, yeah. signing, I think, I, think but... I think there's going to be at least. 16 or 17 quarterbacks on new teams next season. That is just crazy. But I really think that's what's going to happen. It's murder. Hey, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, going back going back to the Super Bowl, we obviously have the GOAT against – you know, I, I saw one comparison here uh, when they were making picks on ESPN – that they compared this matchup between Mahomes and Brady. They compared it to when Michael Jordan faced off against Magic Johnson before Jordan became such uh, such a huge a huge uh, star to where he was proclaimed to be the greatest of all time in basketball. And yeah. But people feel that we're kind of seeing the same sort of situation here where Mahomes will, this will be essentially a passing of the torch with Brady passing the torch to Mahomes. Now, 
if we're talking, you know, quarterback, uh, stacking up quarterback to quarterback, I mean, I've loved what Brady has done over the years, all, all this, uh, during all, all these years with with New England and the clutch plays that he's been able to make. But what I, pro- I, I probably have to give the edge at quarterback to Kansas City because when you have a guy like Mahomes who gets pressured and yet is still somehow able to make these impossible throws, that makes you think, how the hell – is he still able to get these throws off and accurate enough to where his receivers are still making those plays? Here's my argument against that. And I do think Mahomes is just freaking fantastic, and he's really, really fun to watch. I mean, I wasn't a Chiefs fan, but if they're on now, I'll watch them because I want to watch and see their offense and what they're going to do because I love watching offenses. Um, I love a good defense, but I, I love offenses. My thing is, yeah. at some point, experience comes into play. And, yeah, Mahomes was there last year in the Super Bowl. But you're talking about going up against Brady that has seen every possible defense ever invented in the NFL. And you're talking about Mahomes still, what, maybe 25 years old. He's kind of the old, he's the kind of the Brett Favre gunslinger. He'll still run out and he'll try to force stuff in. I think Mahomes is more likely to make mistakes trying to force things because of his athletic ability than Brady is going to make mistakes because he's smart and he won't do it. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's a very convincing argument because – you know, that is one thing that I, I, I am going to switch it over now, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to say the edge probably goes to Brady because I forgot about experience. You know, Mahomes, he, he did win it last year, yeah, but there, there may be some occasions see, that, where it could the, potentially come down. And, and see, here, here, that's the thing with Mahomes. That's the thing with Mahomes. When he rolls out and he moves around and he's caught and he does this and that, and he throws his sidearm or he throws it or does this or that, and it works, it's great. But what if it don't work? What yeah. if it don't work? That, and Brady's not that type of player. Brady's not going to be out slinging stuff around. Brady's going to play it smart. If it ain't there, he's going to throw it away, and he'll live to play another down. Yeah, that's a that's that's definitely a uh, one thing. One thing that you you gotta assume that eventually that's gonna co- that's gonna come back to backfire on Mahomes at some point with the plays that that he makes like that. Yeah, and and if he does that, 
and he throws a couple of picks, or God forbid he throws a pick six, and they get out. I mean, of course, we know Kansas City can come back, um, but if they get out 14-17, um, and everyone's going to think, oh, well, they'll just come back because that's my home. But when you're playing a team that's got Tom Brady and, and his weapons, it's harder to come back against them because they're not going to quit scoring. They're going to keep playing too. Yeah. What What are your thoughts, Lou? What, who would you give the advantage to as far as quarterback uh, goes for between Brady and Mahomes? Okay, that's a tough. That's a tough one right there. You know, you got to look at, you know, it's like one of the greatest battles to go down, of course, against uh, rivals, you know. And, of course, well, teacher versus student. As, as you know, Mahomes looked up to Brady, you know, when he was young. And, you know, they're both excellent quarterbacks. I mean, this is going to be, you know, this was going to be the hard dogfight. You know, but I think Brady has lost a step, you know, in his recent years. And, you know, you know, Brady's just doing this to prove something to prove something to Belichick, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think there's going to be a, a little bit of an edge for Mahomes. He's got more speed. He's quicker. So I think um, he's going to he's going to take it, and that's how uh, the Chiefs will prevail to beat Tampa. Jim, we have the confirmed Hall of Fame class this year. We have Alan Seneca, we have Tom Flores, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, and Charles Woodson. That is your confirmed class for the Hall of Fame this year. And I mean, overall, overall a really good class, but there's a couple I shake my head at. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I was looking at a stat comparison because uh, one of the one of the uh, Boston reporters brought this up, uh, comparing John Lynch and Richard Seymour. Now, keep in mind, Seymour played in three less seasons. In 15 seasons, Lynch had a Super Bowl win, two for, two times first team All Pro two times second team all pro and nine pro bowls. Richard Seymour had three super bowls, three, three times first team all pro two times second team all pro and seven pro bowls in 12 seasons. And it's got everybody up in arms over here in new England. But you have to add, you have to add, John Lynch's career as a general manager. You got to throw that in, too. You do, yeah. Because so, you've, seen, you've, seen, you've seen what he's been able to do to, to revitalize He took the Niners from, from the cellar back up to the Super Bowl. So... Um, but here's here's my thing on Mahomes and Brady. You know, if I gotta go into a season, I gotta play sixteen games, and you're giving me those options. I'm gonna take I'm taking Mahomes. 
But if we're coming down to one game, I got to bet my house on it. And it's just one football game. Brady or Mahomes, I'm putting my house with Brady. I mean, you have to. You have to with the uh, with the track record that he has in big in big time games. It's and keep in mind he he elevates himself as well. I mean, it would be different, you know, if it's if we're talking regular season where you know it doesn't really everything doesn't hinge on this one play or I mean on this one game. Okay, yeah, you know, right, right. But. When, when you're talking about the Super Bowl, we've seen it on multiple occasions that Brady has elevated his play. I mean, hell, against the – I believe it was – was it the Falcons or no, it was against the Eagles. Granted, he lost in Super Bowl 52, but he put up a – I believe what's a record 505 yards of, of uh, passing yards. In that game, so let me let me let me ask you, let me ask both of you guys this, and you know, I have to get into comparisons or anything. I just want to ask your opinion about this other quarterback, Uh, Lou. What are your thoughts about Aaron Rodgers? Lou. Repeat that again. I couldn't. I couldn't make it all. I, 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 I wanted to bring up another quarterback, Lou, and I just want to get. I don't. I don't want comparisons. You don't have to compare. I just want your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, a beautiful day in Mister Rogers' neighborhood, of course. <laughs> yes. But well, one of the best. Know, well, well, the, the I see it. I. It's kind of tough to say that you know if he's gonna come back next year or not. I mean, a lot of you know a lot of uh, people are saying no, but of course uh, there are a few of the um, big shots that are saying saying yes. I mean, I don't think this is the way he wanted to go out. You know, in that upsetting loss, I had the Packers to win the championship, um, really, and it's just gonna Tampa Bay just proved to be too strong. But then again, Brady cheated, so that's a thing altogether. But, I'll leave, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone. But I don't think this is the way uh, he wanted he wanted to go out. So I think he'll be back. But and, I think it's safe to say it'll be his last year. You think he? You think he's a? You think he's a really good quarterback, right? Oh, absolutely. All right, Steve. What about you? What do you think about Rodgers as a quarterback? I th- I think he's a really good quarterback. I. I'm not sure I would put him on the same level as Brady and Mahomes, though. I think that the problem with Rodgers is I feel that he's had, I mean, apart from injury issues some seasons, he hasn't really had the the supporting cast around him, basically, to where... I, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, but that's, won that's not his fault. More than but likely. that's not his fault. No. You and know. actually, I'm wrong. He's won. He he was just named to the MVP just now, so he's been a three-time MVP. You know, he's definitely put up the numbers, but his the only reason why we've we, we've seen him win only one Super Bowl so far 
is because of the fact, I think, number one, it, it comes down to coaching decisions, and it also comes down to the supporting cast that he has around him. But and you, and that, you, can, think, you can make the case that um, without him having a very good supportive cast, he has helped turn a couple of wide receivers into very bona fide superstars. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. I think I think he's definitely also, when you're looking at potential Hall of Fame credentials, I think we'll probably see Aaron Rodgers in the Hall of Fame once he becomes oh, eligible. I, I would agree. Oh, first ballot, I would agree. no question. Yeah, I would agree, too, first ballot. I would, I'd agree with that. Um, all right, Lou, what about – all right, we covered right. What about Drew Brees? What do you think about him as a quarterback? Quarterback, another another solid quarterback, Super Bowl champion, had had a great career. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumors about him. Um, you know, they're saying he retire, but he was also willing to take a major, and I mean major, pay cut in order for, uh, to stay in the game next year. But the thing is, Brees is more is more beat up. I mean. You know, injuries, the collarbone injury that almost destroyed his career right there. I think you should have hung that up a while ago, uh, to be right. honest. But what, what, about, what, about, what about his overall career, though? Oh, fabulous. Okay. Yeah, fabulous overall career. One of the worst moves San Diego ever made, right? Well, don't forget that it's San Diego, and how many good moves did he make? <laughs> No joke, no joke. I'm not kidding. I mean, can you believe San Diego had Drew Brees and let him go? I think he wanted to go. And there was another one. I think uh, Eli was the same way. Yeah. Like, what? You want me to go? You want me to go where? Oh, please! I'd rather I'd rather play in the CFL. Thank you. Yeah, I think, Eli's, I think Eli's daddy Archie got involved. Ned said, "No, son, you ain't going ah, there." Ah, good old Archie. Well, but wait, are you, wait, are we talking Archie Manning or Archie Bunker? Oh, oh, oh. Archie oh, Manning, yeah, Archie, Archie Manning said, yeah, go ahead. And they've got another Manning in the family that's supposedly a hell of a quarterback in high school. The boy. Yeah, it's not Eli's son. It's not Peyton's son. It's uh, the the other brother that was a wide receiver uh, in high school. Trying to think of his name. It starts with a C, Connor or Carter or something like that. Con- I think uh, it's Connor. I could be wrong, but. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, uh, Steve, what about you and Drew Brees as, as an overall uh, career as far as a quarterback? I want to, I echo what you guys said about about him with San Diego. I don't know what the hell San Diego was thinking getting rid of him considering the fact that he had come off of they had come off of back-to-back winning seasons uh with him over 500 before they decided to deal him to uh to New Orleans but considering the fact that him and Brady have been back and forth on not just the passing touchdowns but also the passing yards record I would probably say I I'd probably put Breeze up there alongside Brady the only the only difference being the fact that you know Breeze just hasn't had a team that's been able to put it all together as consistently as Brady has. 
I mean, yeah, he has won a Super Bowl in what I believe was Sean Payton's first year in the league, I think it was. That, yeah, it was, that, the, uh, it was the year right after they had the hurricane down there that tore everything up. They come back and won the Super Bowl the next year. Yeah, in 2009. That yeah. com- and combined combined with all the with all the injuries too. You know, if he didn't have all the injuries, that may have potentially affected you know how some of the seasons ended up finishing. I would say he definitely has that clutch factor, and I would put him up there alongside players like Brady and Mahomes in terms yeah. of uh, efficient quarterbacks. And also, he's actually more accurate than Aaron Rodgers from what I from what I've seen on on his uh, on his stats here. He's been a consistent past couple of years he's been he's been a pretty consistent I, 70 plus percent completionist i think I, and and i mean i understand i understand that and that's a great stat i think it's a little misleading because rogers throws the ball further down the field breeze is one of those that nitpicks short and underneath and lets his receivers run um rogers throws deeper so um, it could be a little misleading as far as percentage-wise. But uh, here, here's the whole point. I put both of you guys through all of that for this point about Rodgers and Breeze. What quarterback just eliminated both of them? Brady. Yes. Brady had to go and Brady, Brady, Brady beat had... Rogers. Brady beat Rogers twice up in Green Bay this year, didn't he? Yep. And actually, that's that's why I thought that uh, that's why I thought that Brady would, that Tampa Bay would have the advantage despite them being in Lambeau. I was kind of shocked. That they that they gave uh, the Packers uh, to be the favorites in that matchup, even though they were at Lambeau. Uh, mm-hmm. Brady ha- had success previously this season. Well, I mean, I mean, Brady played in New England all those years. The cold weather wasn't going to bother him. Yeah. So, but you know. Still comes down to uh, well, and Steve. Something we we haven't covered. We I mean we talked receivers and tight ends and backs and all of this. Now we didn't talk about we talked about we didn't talk about the kickers, the punter and the kicker. With this season, we've seen so many kickers just miss simple extra points. Could the Super Bowl be decided by something that simple as somebody missing an extra point? Oh my God! Oh, you know it. Imagine? Could you imagine playing a whole season and lose the Super Bowl because your kicker misses an extra point? Yeah, and you know that could could potentially happen as well with these two guys. (laughs) Because, Lou, 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 are you like me? 
You could actually see that happen. <laughs> hey, look, nothing, nothing really surprises surprises me that much, Jim. I think I can see it happen. Look, we see a lot of extra points being missed now more than we we see in the past years. So, would this would this surprise me? Uh, no, not at all. Yeah, Jim, I'm thinking. I mean, we did. We did a. We did a props bet. We did a props yeah. bet. Uh, There's a lot of in going sports around. whispers. In sports whispers, one of the questions was, "How far will the um, longest field goal uh, be kicked that's successful?" And when I was getting my picks from my wife and my son, Christopher said, "Dad." Maybe you should have labeled that. How many kicks will they miss? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Here's the big thing I don't get. Rutgers, if he kicks from fifty plus, if he if he kicks from from fifty plus, he's normally automatic. Sort of like uh, sort of like Turner from the from the Ravens. But yet, if he kicks. The closer, the closer the Chiefs move in, he just can't, he can't he can't hit for shit for some reason. And you, you know that you know you know that has to be metal. That's got to be metal. Oh, it's metal. I mean, you take a look at his point after his point after percentage this year. Uh, out of fifty four point after attempts, he's missed. Six of them. Normally, you don't miss point after attempts. He, I mean, he, he would miss it. He would miss back. <laughs> Yeah. And compare it to uh, to Ryan Suckup of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Suckup, he's missed five of them. Yeah. This year. And now, oh, oh. excuse me. And now. You're putting them in the Super Bowl. So now what the hell are they going to yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, as far as field goals go, as far as field goals uh, go, Suckup has missed three of them. He went 28 of 31. Uh, as far as Butker goes, he's missed two. He went 25 of 27 during the regular I, I I can honestly say that if I if I was suck up and I was a kicker in the NFL, I swear to God I'd change my name to what? It wouldn't be suck up. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the name speaks for itself. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I that, makes it, that, makes it, that, makes it that makes it too easy for the trolls to just wear you out. Suck exactly. Up. You mean the trolls that come on here? Oh. <laughs> oh, we've had a few. Yeah, we've had we've had a few Don't trolls I know. call in. Hey, the well, first I, show I did, I, the I, first I, show I did in the new network, I had, I had two trolls. Yeah. I have, I have missed them on here, but... Trust me, over my years um, doing pods and stuff for whispers, I have had my share of trolls. But yeah, I would hate to be named suck up. 
and be a kicker in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, could, you, you know, you could go 40 for 40 and miss that one to lose a game, and you're, you're going to hear about that suck-up. <laughs> yeah, that's what you'll be remembered for, though, unfortunately. Well, we could play I know, I know. The worst moment, <laughs> missing the field goal. The win. I mean, it's got to be the same thing with Buffalo. You know, you'll be remembered, you know, for uh, missing the uh, field goal to win the game when the Giants beat you. You missed it by one yard. <laughs> and, Jim, we uh, have – uh, we, we all, we, we've got, uh, I mean, we've got Teresa joining to, us with about – Hi, Teresa. Hi. Oh. oh, Teresa's here. Oh. Yeah, Teresa's, a, Teresa's pulling for the Chiefs. Smart. Smart girl. I, I have to uh, – uh, I live in Kansas City area, so that makes sense. Well, my my sincerest apologies. My my sincerest apologies to you, Teresa. I do have to say, I'm calling right now from the bathroom of a hotel room. Okay, that might be a little too much information, but we'll listen. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear any sounds coming. I don't want to hear any. I don't want to hear any any sounds coming out of it. No, no, it's not that. My uh, my husband and I are visiting uh, in Illinois, and we're staying at a hotel, and he's sleeping, and so I am calling from the bathroom, so I'm not disturbing him sleeping. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, it could be worse. Could be from the elevator. That's better than my situation where J.J. just elbow, elbows me and tells me to stop snoring because she's trying to talk on the phone. Womp womp. But, Jim, <laughs> switch gears for a second. How, uh, I mean, going to baseball where, you know, we've had, you know, great hitters and whatnot, but there'll always be one noted for a big mistake that cost you the World Series. I think you know I'm going with that. Uh, are you going back to? Are you going all the way back to Bill Buckner? Yes. Well, here, here, here's, here's, the, here's the. Well, see, see, I right, will see. Um, what is the term in check? Checkmate. I'm going to checkmate you. I'm going to checkmate you. I mean, because because back then, back then, I wasn't that big a Red Sox fan. I liked them. I'm still not. But I liked the Mets because at the time I was living in Jackson, Mississippi, in an right. apartment complex that housed the AAA Jackson Mets team. Ah. And a lot of them were on that World Series team. I see. And, and a little tidbit. Um, we had a big part. Of course, we had a big party that night at my apartment. But uh, after the game, I called the clubhouse, and they put me through because they they told the player my name, and I got to talk to Jesse Orozco, who was a relief pitcher back then. I don't know if you remember him or not. Um, I do. But, he also gave up a run in the '96 uh, ALCS. Yeah, he and I were really good friends. Um, we would go out. We had a tennis court 
um, at the apartment, and we'd go out and I would catch him, you know, in between days. Strawberry was on that team. Davey Johnson was the manager. Mookie Wilson was on that. I'm talking about the Triple A team. How good they were. Mookie Wilson was on there. Pitcher named Tim Leary out of UCLA. Uh, Ron Gartenhire, who went on to become a manager. Yeah, Gartenhire played second base on that minor league team. Oh, boy. You see what he does now? You just see what he's done with the Detroit Tigers. He's put them into shame. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, what year was uh, that? So, yeah, back, back, then, back then, I was a I was a Mets fan back then because, you know, Jim, I lived I in the same apartment with them. Jim, one of my podcasting duties is uh, working with a guy out in Detroit by the name of Taylor Phillips, and he is just – he just trashes Gardner Hire. We, he calls him Ron Garbage Fire. Oh, man. I wish he was on here right now. <laughs> That's why sometimes well, I, mean, I, I, you know, I got along with him. Of course, back then he was just a player. You know, he's just a second right. baseman. Wally, Wally Backman was on that team. Howard Johnson. Good, I don't know if you remember how. I don't know if you remember Ojo, Ojo but he was Ojo, on that sure. team. I mean, and I'm most all of them. Most all of them went up and ended up playing for the Mets. You know, from that Triple A team. Jim, for the re- Jim, for the record, I'm not that young as I look. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually gonna be fifty one next month, so I'm old enough to remember this stuff. Well good, good. Now who, I'm younger, uh, who, but, but I did I did I did like the Red Sox back then, but I was pulling for the Mets because of how close I were to some of the guys from actually knowing them, you know. So you have time. Um, I was I was okay with that, but then after that, I was back to the Red Sox. <laughs> uh, yeah, but who well, could forget? We also have uh, we also have JB joining us on the line as well. He got in before oh, the yeah. uh, before JB. the after show. Well, good. Hey, JB. Hey, how you doing? I'm hey, I'm JB. doing all right. How about you? How are you doing? I'm still lifting, you know. I'm still uh, elevating my leg. Uh, it, seems, oh. it seems it seems like my uh, calf has gotten a little bit, uh, you know, more swollen, but it doesn't hurt. What happened? That's good. That's good. And, I, and, uh, and I know, and I know for one thing, it doesn't matter if it hurts or not. That that's uh, you know. That's that's irrelevant, really. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm gonna. I, uh, I don't. I don't know if you. I know Lou didn't see it because he's not in whispers. Um, God, I don't guess you may have seen it, JB, because it was in, in whispers. Miles, I know Teresa didn't see it. I know Steve saw it. JJ, JJ had to go blab it um, in our oh. our whispers mods group. I had to take a trip to the doctor this past week. Um, I've been having this pain. I've been having this pain in my shoulder blade, and now it was stretching yeah. up into my shoulder and my lower. I mean, my upper left arm. And you know, I, I you know, I don't like going to the doctor, but um, you know, I'm thinking first couple of days. You know, I'm taking bus time. All it'll go away, and this and that. Yeah, it ain't happening. It's getting worse. So we ended up going to the doctor, 
And what's interesting about this, Lou, that that you haven't heard, or Therese hasn't heard, is uh, how going to uh, my doctor's clinic during COVID Ugh. is. Uh. It's, it's very, very different. First, uh, here, here's, oh, how gotta, it, here's, how, here's how it went. You First can, thing to do. You got to jump through hoops just to, uh, just to go, yeah, you know, I mean, just I to go in. I had to do a whole lot just to, just to see. First thing you do, you pull in and you get in line and they take you one at a time in the entrance foyer. You don't even get in the building. You know, the little entrance foyer that you walk in. And they've got a table set up there, two two girls with laptops. Uh, and, they and they check, check your temperature, right? They, yep, they check my temperature right there. They push the little thing up on my forehead, check my temperature. Um, and, you know, of course, they check your account to see if you owe them a bunch of money or anything. And then they ask you what's wrong, and you tell them. They ask you what kind of vehicle you're in, and you tell them, and then they tell you to pull around the back of the parking lot. So, so we pull around the back of the parking lot. And keep in mind, you know, it's me, JJ, and we got a we got a uh, uh, SUV full of kids. So we pull back there, and we <laughs> wait, we wait, and we're watching what's going on. And all these doctors are going in and out, in and out. The nurses are going in and out, in and out of the building, going out to the vehicles to talk to people at the vehicles, take blood pressure at the vehicles. And I'm like, man, this is wild. This is wild watching all of this. Yeah. So uh, eventually my doctor, who this is, I'm not making this up, this is true, his name is, Dr. Jim, his name is Jim, too. He, he, comes, he comes over, and he says, uh, how's it going? And I'm like, well, until about four or five days ago, I, it was everything was great. And I uh, started telling him what was wrong. He said, oh, I think I know what that is because I've had it, too. And I remember when I had it, I didn't want to do anything about it, and my wife pushed me to have it checked out. And so I think I know, I think I know what's up. You know, and and we'll get you all fixed up. He said I would have been through with you about thirty minutes ago, but I guess it's uh, uh, I think he said it was like uh, Wednesday chat day with the ladies. He said all of his his uh, female uh, patients decided they wanted to chat that day. I said. I said, come on, Dr. Jim, they just want you, man. They want you. He's like, yeah, yeah, Jim, they're all 78 and sick. Yeah. And come back. <laughs> I said, but yeah. they still want you. And so we, we started laughing about that. And I looked over at JJ, and she just shaking her head at like, and is, is this really real? Am I really watching this doctor and patient like this? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and so he starts telling yeah. me that he's he he starts telling me it's a it's a uh uh pinch nerve. I've got a pinch nerve. And he said that it, you know, when it starts out in the lower shoulder blade like that, it affects the shoulder and the arm. And he said, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a couple of shots and I'm gonna put you on a couple of medications, I'm gonna get you straightened out and uh 
And I said, oh, okay. And so it's, you know, he, he's almost three. And and I said, uh, so what do you think about Sunday? You think our boys going to come through? And he said, Sunday, and I, I, I had a cap on. I had a baseball cap on. And I leaned it down. He said, oh, yeah. Yeah, don't you, you think we're going to win? Do you think Tom's going to win? And I said, I really think we are. He said, oh, my God. We got Tom, Tom and Rock, they got to win. They got to win. You know, because he's a Patriots fan. And we talked about football. <laughs> then I look at Jerry Jane, I'm really getting the eye roll because she don't like the Patriots. And I'm sitting there uh, talking to my doctor about football. And uh, he said, all right, listen, um, here's what I need you to do. I need you to pull way back there in the parking lot, way back there, and parallel to where, you know, your SUV is parallel to the building, and I'm going to send the nurse out there uh, to give you your shots. And uh, then I'm going to call your uh, prescription, and I said, don't wait till the end of the day. He said, no, nah, dude, you know I'm going to go call you step in right now. I said, okay, all right, okay. And so JJ's still shaking her head. She's driving, and so she pulls back there, and here comes the nurse holding two needles. And now I figured out why he said to pull way back there in parallel park. I've got to get out of the SUV right. and drop my drawers. <laughs> so uh, all righty. Yeah, I can get two shots in the parking lot. Okay. So why do you have to drop comes, your doors for a when she, shoulder? When she goes back there, I had already asked him. I had already asked him uh, when he said that about parallel parking. I said, so you mean in the ass? And he said, yeah. <clears throat> And I thought maybe he was just messing with me because we're good friends. You know, we're yeah. good friends. I thought he was messing with me. Yeah. So we get back there in parallel park, and here she comes in with these two needles, and I have to get out, and I'm looking at her, and I said, I really got to drop my shorts. And she said, yes. And I said, okay. So I'm standing in a parking lot. At a clinic, dropping my shorts to get two shots in my ass, and that's that's yeah. my COVID, that's my COVID story about having to go to a doctor during this COVID. That's really wow. how they did it. Wow, I didn't I have mean, to go you that really far. Have yeah. just used another room. Could they not what? He really couldn't have just used another room. Like, did they? Did they need all of the, were, uh, no. all of the space they're, they're, available? No, or they're not. They're not. They're not letting anyone inside the building, other than doctors and nurses. You can't go in there. Wow. So, I'm, I'm sitting there and and and. and you know, and, and you know, just like JJ told everybody in the mods, it's 40 degrees, and I'm wearing shorts because that's just what I do. Um, <laughs> so I have to drop my shorts, 
I've got a, a big long shirt on, and she's like, "You need to pull your shirt up." So I have to pull my shirt up, and and then I'm like, "Because um, I didn't recognize you." And I said, "So you worked here very long?" And she's like, "Well, I work here and I work part time at the emergency uh, yeah. room, at the hospital." All of a sudden, she stuck me. I'm like, "Oh!" I said, "You could have at least wow. warned me." You could have really <laughs> <laughs> My God. You gave me the other one. And uh, I don't believe I'm hearing they were they were both they were both pain shots. One of them was Toradol, one of them uh, was Valium. So uh he obviously when he told me he knew what was wrong and he had had it before and he knew how it felt, he obviously did because he was Trying to give me something strong to help with the pain, <laughs> and then he gave me the two prescriptions he gave me were for Toradol and Valium. So if I'm if I'm acting wacky or something tonight, blame it on Doctor Jim because he's got me drugged up. <laughs> hey uh, Jim, we have the official players eligible for next year's Hall of Fame induction. Uh, those that will be officially entering the ballot will be Demarcus Ware, Devin Hester, Steve uh-huh. Smith Sr., Robert uh-huh. Mathis, Andre Johnson, oh. Big mm-hmm. Big Vince Wilfork, and Anquan Bolden entering the the uh, the ballot next year. Okay. So so you. Do the ones that didn't make it this year get considered again next year? Oh yeah, they will. Yeah, they'll get considered okay. next right. year. Okay. If they don't, we got, right. we got a real think, problem here. I don't I don't think Devin Hester will get in next year, first year. All he did was run no. back kicks. Don't get me wrong, he was good at it, first. but that's all he did. Yeah, I would think that Will Fork is probably a first ballot. Uh, for defensive tackle, so maybe so maybe Seymour and Wilford can go in together. Possibly, I would also I would have to think that Demarcus Ware is probably a lock for the Hall of Fame. Also, yeah, is it just me? But when I'm thinking Hall of Fame, I, I mean I'm thinking like. Really, really, really high standards. Yeah. And you know, that's another thing, too, because we, we discussed the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame last week as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this same argument was uh, was brought up when we, uh, when we discussed, uh, you know, Kurt Schilling not getting in. You know Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens and whatnot. Not getting well, see, you know. I mean, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I don't necessarily think Schilling should get in. Yeah, that's because I mean, of the steroids. Why he's been on the borderline basically throughout this whole uh, the whole process ever since he got put on the ballot. Hmm. Teresa, what do you think about the Super Bowl? Make your prediction. Uh, she ended up dropping 
during uh oh. during the uh the doctor's uh the doctor's visit. <laughs> Jim, uh, uh, I, I, guess, that... I guess uh I guess I gave her nightmares about my bare ass. Yeah, about <laughs> dropping your drawers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, JV, I'm gonna tell you what. JV, I'm gonna tell you what. After I got back in, after I got back in the SUV, and everybody, the kids, and and JJ were looking at me. I looked at them and I said, "You know what? I ain't dropped my drawers in a parking lot, parking lot like that since I was a senior in high school." Dove the penny. Do what now? I bet, I bet the kids loved that too, didn't they? Well, yeah, yeah. the kids think it's funny. The kids think yeah. it's funny, but my Ma, mama don't ever think it's funny. But the kids think it's funny. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> they think oh, well, daddy's cool. Mama don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but JD, what about you? We've been talking about. The comparisons between the Chiefs and uh, Tampa, we we I mean we broke it down: O line, D line, linebackers, defensive backs, special teams, kickers, coaching, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. If if you kind of look over all of this, um, what are you expecting? Are you expecting a uh, High-scoring close game, or are you expecting maybe a surprise where somebody actually blows the other team out? I think it's actually going to be. Uh, I know you uh, said a bunch of uh, que- you know had a bunch of questions on uh, sports whispers, uh, and I think you said, will it be uh, over or under like uh, 56 points? And uh, I picked under. And I yeah. actually think I actually think it will be a low-scoring game. I actually, you know what? I, I really – I think it will be something, I also, I something also like picked under, 23 to I, 20. I also picked under, J.B., I don't think it'll be that low scoring, but I don't think it's going to just bust out like everybody thinks it's going to be some kind of 48 to 45 game. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I do think I do think the defenses will show up. I'd hope at least. Cuz otherwise <laughs> we may have a we may have a, a score a score fest go on for for uh, quite a bit of time during during this Super Bowl, and maybe one of the highest scoring Super Bowls in that case. I love it. Oh, and and I have to say this because uh, uh, Jim is a Tom Brady fan. My wife cannot stand the guy. She cannot. <laughs> Thank you. She, she cannot stand to even listen to his name. She don't like to hear Tom Brady. She don't like to hear Brady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you what, JB, JB, you let your wife know. 
she is not in that boat alone because the woman I sleep with every night feels the same way. <laughs> yeah. I turned and looked at her and I said, hey, you got to admit he is a damn good football player. I said, I don't care if he's, you know, over 40. I said, he can, he can, he can uh, you know, he can, he, he's better than some of them uh, 25, 30 year old oh players. God, oh my gosh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And the, thing, the thing about it, JB, is it's because of his experience. He's seen yeah. everything, he's seen every defense you can throw at him. So, of course, he's going to be better than probably 80% of the other quarterbacks in the league because he knows right. what's coming. You know, it's different. Yeah. When you know what's coming, it makes a big difference. You know, that's like if you're a baseball batter, like back when the Astros were cheating and you knew what was coming, of course you can hit it. But if you don't know yeah. what's coming, it's a little bit different. But Brady's experience, he kind of knows what's coming on defense, and it helps him. So, but you you can let your wife know that Jim's wife feels the same way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, she's you know there's uh you know millions of other uh, people that can't stand Brady too, that yeah, are uh, one of them that are uh, males. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and uh, Christopher, um, Christopher had a dog that uh, we no longer have with us anymore, but uh, he had a dog named Brady. So, uh, <laughs> but hey, Jim, remember remember what we said during the draft about how uh, with Wash if Washington uh, taking Chase Young was probably going to be the best uh, defensive player taken in the draft. Yeah. Well, he uh, officially proved it this year as he has taken Defensive Rookie of the Year honors officially yeah, with uh, I, I, Justin. I remember talking Justin about that Herbert that night. Offensive. I thought that guy was going to be really, really good. And, you know, we were talking yeah, earlier about coaches. We were talking earlier about coaches of the year. There's another nominee, Ron Rivera. Yeah. We're both. Especially, especially considering he had to, uh, he was coaching while doing uh, cancer treatments as well. Oh, you had to give him credit for that. I mean, he just came off cancer when I saw him. You're not putting him in the spot. I don't know. I mean, you know, you know there, there's, there's a lot of people that are not going to be Washington uh, football fans, but I don't know yeah. how, I don't know how many people can't pull for Ron Rivera. After what he went through, yes. So yeah. Oh, and uh, this actually reminds me. Um, there is, since we're talking about coaching, uh, there there is one one coach who will not make the Super Bowl tomorrow night, and that will be Britt Reed, Britt the Reed. son of Andy Reed, who is currently in custody right now because of a DUI that, uh, uh, DUI car crash that or 
I should say a three-car crash uh, that has resulted in the hospitalization of. Well, I don't know if I don't know if one of the kids. I don't know if one of the if the less severely injured kid is hospitalized, but uh, the one that's in critical condition. It's, 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 a, it's a five-year-old. It's a five-year-old and a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah. The the five-year-old apparently is in is still in critical condition. Uh, she has suffered swelling of the brain as well as bleeding of the brain or bleeding around the brain. They called it. They uh, they, they it, mentioned it's it already, as. It, it's already it's already come out that um, Reed was drinking. Yeah, he, uh, Ooh. he had. He he admitted that he had had two or three beers beforehand, and he did fail the. Uh, uh, any, anybody anybody that knows anything, two or three beer means seven or eight beers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And he and he failed the uh, he failed the field sobriety test by quite a lot. So if you haven't had but two beers. You don't fail those tests like that. Yeah, exactly. No. And a, uh, so a he, had, he had more. He had he had more, and this is not gonna this is not gonna be good. This yeah. this is not gonna be good. I, yeah. I, I, just, I, hope, I hope the kid lives. I I just hope the kid lives. Yeah, because otherwise he's he's going to be facing probably vehicular manslaughter is what it'll probably be up upgraded to if the kid uh, isn't able to uh, if the kid never wakes up first off because the kid yeah. hasn't even woken up since since the uh, since the crash. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the uh Britt Reed is is definitely he's definitely going to be facing a uh a long sentence from all indications. Yeah, so, so he, the, uh, he, the family he won't be there tomorrow. No, no. Yeah, even if he, he, even he won't if be kid, there next year. Kid, even if that kid lives, he's going to be facing uh, you know, some jail time, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the there was a GoFundMe that was started up for the kid by by the kid's family, and it has already gotten. I haven't checked it recently, but the last I saw, it was around forty thousand that they had already good. raised for the uh, good, for yeah, the yeah. medical bills. That's good. I need to go find it. That's good. Uh, let me. Let me look it up actually. Let me see if I can find it. But uh as far as as far as I as far as I recall, it was somewhere around oh, actually, no, this was about six hours ago. It's surpassed seventy two thousand now. That's good. So it's, that's... it's climbing. Yeah. Uh yeah. let's see. Where is it at now? Here we go. It's at ninety nine thousand five hundred and seventy one dollars. Wow. I see. Good. That's good. And the thing that gets me is it's not like these cars were actually moving. There were two cars on the side of the highway 
trying right. to trying to fix I think it was a flat tire or something. Or the car had run out of gas or something like that. And yes, yes. Uh they had a family member come to help and Reed was so was so impaired Correct. that he basically slid all the way over to the side and hit both cars, not just one. Mm. Yeah, he's in trouble. I mean, yeah. it's, it's deep, just deep it's just trouble. disgusting to even it's it, it's just disgusting to even to even retell the uh, the article. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. I'm reading it and just scrolling down. I'm not even reading. Yeah. It. Man, that, that you know, sometimes there are things that happen that are they're just undefensible. You can't defend them. They're unthinkable. This is one of them. Yeah. How stupid can you be? And then Lou, Lou, when this yeah, happens. What's he supposed to be doing? He's supposed to be preparing for the Super Bowl. Yeah, now yeah. he's preparing for the stupid bowl. Uh, this literally happened, I believe it was last, n- or no, it was Thursday night. Thursday. Okay, you're supposed to be preparing for the Super Bowl. You should have been flying over your team, and now you are um, the hospital now to be looking at going to jail. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He better hope that kid pulls through. Yeah, yeah. even if the kid pulls crazy. through, he's looking at jail. I see. Yeah, if that kid don't pull through, that's manslaughter. Oh yeah, yeah he'll be looking at yeah, it exactly. But and the, and the rest of his life. Attempted murder. By the way, JB, I don't know if you saw it um, um, in our Whispers Mods group, but just so you know, starting next Thursday is going to be when we start up our Survivor Memories podcast. So, our first, our first podcast will be uh, where we're going to go back and review and give inside information on Survivor Nicaragua. Okay. Oh yeah. What day is that again? It'll be every Thursday night. Okay. Every Thursday. So starting, starting this Thursday. Starting this. Starting Thursday. yeah. Starting next Thursday. So, it'd be some good stuff. Okay. And uh, Lou, not Lou, not uh, this Thursday, but the Thursday after. Uh, next, yeah, no, next Thursday. Okay. Next Thursday, this upcoming not, Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I got you. All right. And uh, Lou, what you mentioned previously about Drew Brees taking a. Uh, giving up all that money, twenty four million dollars. Apparently yeah. it's so that it's so that uh he he's 
from what it sounds like, he is going to retire. And basically, this is just so ah. that the Saints, this is just so that the Saints don't have to, you know, the, the, yeah, because even though he'll retire, it'll still count. His money will still count against the cap. I read today the Saints really want to bring back Jameis Winston. I heard that too. See, I would see that as being beneficial because of the fact that they they want to keep they probably want to keep Taysom Hill as a tight end with the uh, with using him as an occasional uh, quarterback in certain sets. Man, if Sean Payton if Sean Payton can get Jameis Winston to where he's a um, a valuable NFL quarterback without turning it over every other series. Um, they should name him coach of the decade. You would think with the with the with the eye corrections that that Winston underwent this past off season, you would think that he would uh, that the the days of a touchdown per pick or a pick per touchdown. Uh, would be over, and that maybe he'll he'll revert or or he'll uh, become an actual good quarterback that can actually limit turnovers. Here, here here's what's going to happen. I mean, um, Wentz is going to get traded. Watson's going to get traded. Um, Derek Carr probably get traded. Uh, maybe Matt Ryan, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Sam Darnold, and then the Patriots show up to camp, and Bill Belichick says, "Here's our quarterback this year, Ryan Fitzpatrick." Uh-huh. I didn't even see Fitzpatrick. I would think that he, uh, out of all the quarterbacks that that were listed for this year's for this year's uh, free agent class, I actually saw Fitzpatrick as probably the most likely option because of the fact that obviously he's not going to stick around if Tua is going to be the the number one quarterback out there in Miami. Right. But here's. Here, here's my question. How long do the Patriots think they can just keep plugging in washed-up veterans each season yeah. and build anything? How, how are you going to build anything with Newton? How are you going to build anything with Fitzpatrick? You can't. Pick you a young quarterback and go with it. And maybe okay, maybe you have a six and ten season, seven and nine season, but you're building something. He's getting experience. All they're doing right now, Steve, is putting band aids on. That's all they're doing. Yeah, I would prefer I would prefer them to just take Mac Jones, even if it's a little bit of an overreach at number fifteen. I would rather just have them take. Uh, take Mac Jones and just start preparing now. You know, get uh, put the kid out there, 
from the ver- from the from the start because we've seen what what happened when obvious. I mean, obviously, it made sense to uh, have Stidham be a backup these past two years because I mean, obviously, you know, we had Brady, but. Uh, I was kind of confused. I was kind of confused why they didn't just start Stidham this year because well, then we could go through that think, whole process. I think everybody and their brother should know by now they don't think Stidham's going to be the guy. No, clearly not. Because you know otherwise, if they did, if they did, we wouldn't have had this discussion, you know. Is, is now finally the time that we see Stidham? Is now finally the time, you know, that may, maybe oh, they'll move on from Newton and have Stidham start the remaining two or three games now that we're officially eliminated? I mean, yeah. if, if they, if, if, when they were officially eliminated, they should have just handed it to Stidham right then and there. When they didn't, and all this reluctance by Bill, okay, maybe – on one hand, maybe it's Bill basically showing free agents, look, we may not have Brady anymore, but hey, I'm if I'm gonna sign you, I'm gonna I'm gonna play you for the entire season. All right, let, let me ask let me ask you what what would have been the difference? What would have been so bad? You we all right, we all saw what happened under Cam Newton, right? We saw where yeah. they finished. We saw what kind of season they had. What would have been so bad to just go with Stidham? They had Brian Hoyer as a veteran backup. Just go with Stidham all season and see what you got. Because it couldn't have been worse. I mean, we didn't do nothing with Newton, so why not find out? I think it's more Bill. It's more of a pride thing with Bill to where, you know, he wants to prove that he can win without Brady, and mm-hmm. and he probably felt that of the of the short amount of time that we've had Stidham so far, you know, he probably felt that there was that he had already seen enough out of Stidham to to see that. You know, putting in Stidham was not going to was not going to go anywhere. You know, he wasn't going to succeed with Stidham basically, and oh, he oh, wanted okay. to try so, and use. Okay, so the question is, Bill, how did it work out with Cam? Exactly, but I think he probably really looked at Cam question. as a reclamation project, sort of like how he did with Moss. Uh, Except the difference is Moss, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different of a reclamation project at quarterback than it is wide receiver. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and 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 also another thing too is another thing too is with Moss, he had he had behavior issues, not you know, not on the field issues. And and hey, don't. Don't tell nobody this, but he had a guy named Tom Brady throwing to him. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh, don't mention Tom yeah, Brady's yeah. Uh, name real, real loud. <laughs> <laughs> other people, other people might hear. 
<laughs> JB, I did whisper now. I did whisper. You got to give me credit for that now. I know. Well, I'm not a Brady, uh, you know, hater like my wife is. But hey, you know what? I just I want Brady to win just to add just to add a ring for the middle finger to stick it at Bill. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, <laughs> and basically show that would. See, this is what you could have had if you stuck with me. This is that would be funny if he put a uh, ring on his middle finger and stuck it up like that. That would be funny. Because he already had <laughs> one. That, for the that other would mom. be funny. That would be hey, funny. Look yep. at this! Look at this! Look at this! Uh, uh, look at this! Look at my Super Bowl ring. Stick that middle finger up. <laughs> that would the, be funny. The funniest, okay. the funniest, the funniest picture would be Roger Goodell handing him an MVP trophy for the Super Bowl, and him having a, a, a Super Bowl ring on his middle finger as he accepted it and slipped it in where Roger didn't even see it. Yeah, yeah. You know that's another but, thing too. Roger, uh, Roger Goodell is, is probably praying that Mahomes wins because he hates every single yeah. time he has to give the Lombardi Trophy to Brady after everything he put yeah. Brady through. I I hate to even look at that guy. Here, here's one thing. I here's one sense. thing that. Here's one thing that I I really respect about the Bucks, about Tampa. You know, all the talk. I mean, come on, we know all the talk is about Brady. You know, it's all about Brady. Yes. But with the Bucks players, it's they're not trying to do this for Brady. They want to win this for Bruce Arians. Because they really like to yeah. coach. They want they want a Super Bowl for Bruce Arians. That's what they want. Yeah, they're saying the hell with Tom Brady. We want the trophy <laughs> uh, for us. <laughs> well, I don't. I, I, yeah. I don't necessarily think they're saying to hell with Tom Brady. Right, I just think right, they, right. I just think they really love their coach, and they know hey. I mean, Tom got. Does anybody have know the right count? Uh, let's try to get one for Coach Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, if 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 he didn't, you know, if Brady wasn't wasn't thinking of of moving to Tampa, Arians could have potentially stayed retired. I mean, he was yeah. previously retired. I read an article today. I read an article today that uh, from uh, had a quote from Bruce Arian saying, "I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we extend Tom Brady past age 46." Yeah. Oh, I shit. mean, if he's putting up the number, if he's putting up the numbers, he's putting up. <laughs> now, I mean, 43 years old, and he's putting up 40 touchdowns. He's putting up passing yards like. like uh, like as if he was ten years younger, you know. It it's kind of hard. It's yeah. well, hard to to say no if he's putting up those numbers still. Well, the three main things, three main things about him is, and we've touched on it tonight. 
is his experience because he's seen everything. Um, another thing is he keeps himself in great physical shape. He's yes. always in shape. And number three, and number three, his desire. He still has the desire to keep playing. You gotta have that. Yeah. 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 So he has the main things, you know, to keep him going as long as he can stay uh, in physical shape to do it. Of course, at his age, you know, if he takes a he takes a crazy shot from a defensive end, he could he could go down, and that could be it. You know. Yeah. You know what? He, uh, looking at his numbers, he's likely going to hit the 600 touchdown mark next year. He's about 19 <laughs> touchdowns away. No, jeez. Huh. He's yeah. just not going to leave any doubt. You know? Yeah, really? All the talk between him and Peyton and Drew, he's just not going to leave any doubt before he finishes, I guess. No. And with Breeze likely with Breeze likely retiring too, uh, Brady will basically go over the touchdown marker completely. Because there there's nobody even relatively close to him. Uh next, remember, next up. Remember uh, remember when it remember when it was when it when it was Brady or Peyton, Brady or Peyton, Brady or Peyton, and now Peyton's yeah. just way out of the conference. Peyton's not even the conversation. No. Yeah. No. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that both him and Peyton were rivals for oh so long because of Because at one point, Indianapolis was actually in the AFC East, or it wasn't the, wait a minute. No, it wasn't the AFC East at one point when it was I do but that, that, one, that was a great that was a great rivalry. That was a great rivalry. And then when Peyton went to Denver, they still continued that rivalry to the point of where they bounced us out one year because uh, apparently we forgot how to play in higher higher elevation. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, yeah. If they, if that's the way they want to label it, Tide. We we just lost. <laughs> sometimes you just have to say. Sometimes you just have to say we lost, don't you, JV? We just lost. Yeah. Better luck next well, year. This one, this one seems to be a, I guess, a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of an upset. Aaron Donald wins the Defensive Player of the Year over TJ Watt. I guess a lot of I don't, people had I don't a lot see that as an upset. I would have voted for Aaron Donald. So would I, but I guess a lot of people had TJ Watt as the favorite entering uh entering the uh the NFL honors tonight. I don't think there's a defensive lineman in football that can disrupt an offensive line like Aaron Donald can. 
No, I find it I find it hard to believe that you could that you could find anybody that would stack up to him. And also a uh, a note for for comeback player of the year, Alex Smith did not win it unanimously as the other lone vote went to Ben Roethlisberger for comeback player of the year. You know, Steve, earlier you were talking about Drew Brees cutting that contract and still probably retiring to try to help out New Orleans. Big Ben is going to do the same thing. He's still going to play, but he's told him he'll play for league minimum. He don't care. He's going to give up thirty, forty million dollars. Yeah, he's got a massive deal. It's like forty it's like forty five mil he's making this final year. And he's gonna let it go. He's gonna let it go. And pay for like league minimum so they use money on whatever else. And, and Tom Brady Tom Brady's sitting around his house saying Oh, now all these dumb quarterbacks figuring out what I did all them years in New England so we could win. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Because Tom Brady did that every year. But then again, he finally, not all got, he finally got tired of it. He, he finally got tired of it because he kept cutting his contract, kept giving money back, kept deferring money. So they would get him more weapons, and they didn't ever get more weapons. So he finally said, uh, bye. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. I can't really blame them either because they pretty much, they, you know, what they probably did is they probably lowballed him when when they went back to uh, to potentially offer him a deal, they probably lowballed him, and he said, "Screw that! I'm, you know, I'm going elsewhere." Well, I guess here's apparently- the thing. Here's the thing. If you've been there all those years, you've won so many games and championships and Super Bowls. Plus, you've taken less money than probably half the other quarterbacks in the NFL. And then when you do get a little money and they come to you and they say, Tom, can we renegotiate your deal so we can go sign mm-hmm. sign you some more weapons on offense? And Tom says, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Just defer some of the money, you know, later on. Yeah, that's cool. And then they don't go sign other offensive weapons. At what point is Tom going to get tired of bending over and getting the Vaseline jar? Yeah. I I guess apparently the last straw was when Belichick didn't want to part for what the, uh, for what the Vikings were asking for Stefan Diggs. And then Diggs ended up going to Buffalo because New England apparently was the runner up in the Diggs uh, sweepstakes. And once, well, once uh, they always the runner Diggs, up. Brady. Whether, whether well, it's obviously. true or not, whether it's true or not, that's what they say in Boston in football, baseball, basketball. We were the runner up. We almost had them. They say that in every sport, Steve. 
in Boston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad but true. I, 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 Lou, I've gotten to where I do. I mean, those are my teams. I love the Boston teams. But right. I hate the damn sports writers up there because oh, they're brutal. They're so, full of, they're so full of shit. Well, I know it. Uh, would you put them worse than New York? Um, it's close. It's really close. Uh-huh. It's close, but yeah, it, it it's close. But yeah, I do honestly think the Boston writers are worse. But it's close. New York is not good, but Boston is really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, but the New York media writers, I mean, they're far worse than you can imagine. If you do well, they'll love you, but if you do horrible, oh boy, are you going to be in for it? Yeah. Yeah, the thing, the thing is, they they give a, they get our hopes up every single year. Like when they say, for example, uh, for example, like the Red Sox, every year during during uh, either free agency or the trade deadline, you know, they always tell they us that right. oh, the Red Sox are in on on certain players. Uh, you know, they're a deal is is in the process of being made and then it never ends up happening and you know it just give it, it gives it gets fans hopes up and in some cases it completely pisses off the fans that uh and, yeah you know they do and, they and do the whole thing play. the whole thing Steve is it sells papers well yeah but uh, obviously that's the, their number one goal is that you know they get they get sales for uh, for doing uh, for spreading rumors like uh, like uh, like never before. Yeah, and um, I mean Danny ain't, uh, Danny, ain't, Danny Ainge is the worst, but he's not the only one in Boston. It happens. It happens with the football team. It happens with the baseball team. Yeah, so it, it's not just Danny. Danny's also, just in a Danny's just in a class by himself. <laughs> yeah, it also it also happens it also happens with the hockey team too. I remember uh, Peter Shirelli with the Boston Bruins before he ended up going to Edmonton. My God, it seemed like every year after we won the Stanley Cup back in 2011, it seemed like every year the Bruins were always in on somebody. And then Shirelli basically twiddles his thumbs, according to the to the media writers. Shirelli would twiddle his thumbs, and nothing would get done. But then when Shirelli was asked about it by the media, Shirelli was like, would be like, "Oh, we were never even close," and completely different to what the writers were saying. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's really pissed me it's off. All, it's always seemed like the Dodgers and Lakers were honestly always in on anybody they wanted, and the Yankees were always in on anybody they wanted. Now, I do know the Yankees' situation has changed since Hal Steinbrenner took over. They're more selective. Yeah. They'll still go out and get somebody. But they don't do like Hang did. 
I mean, Hank would just go out and get everybody. So it's a little different now. Um, it's starting to look like the Dodgers and Lakers are the ones that go get who they want. Yeah. yeah that's what it's looking like. By the way, we got about five minutes left before we uh, before we get kicked off here. <laughs> Yes. Well, actually, now it's four minutes technically, but yep. Yeah, it's you know the it, it happens in all of Boston sports, and it's really that's all that 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 pretty much pisses me off. It's like, why don't you just stop with the rumors and actually just only report when there when there is actually something to report. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't get fans' hopes up like that. Yeah. See, I live I live in California and Arkansas, and I get email notifications from the Boston uh, publications like the Globe and all, all the different sites and everything in Boston because I keep up with stuff in Boston because, you know, that's where my teams are. And it's gotten to where, you know, I'll get 12, 15 emails a day. I just I just click check all and delete them. I don't even read them. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, some of the some of the clickbait uh, headlines that they put out there. Yeah. Just, so. just for just for people to because uh, with every click that they get, you know, it, they get revenue uh, towards their uh, towards the newspaper, basically. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we, we've only got about three minutes left, so I, I don't need any reasons. I don't need any descriptions. I don't need anything other than. Give me a final score, Lou. Super Bowl, your All final right. score. All right. Chiefs, 41. Bucks, 35. I know you're 41, crazy, 35. Lou you says 41, 35. Chiefs. JB, what do you think? Good night, folks. I, I think it'll be like, I originally said like, Twenty three twenty. I think it'll be something like uh uh Chiefs twenty eight seventeen. Chiefs twenty eight seventeen. Woohoo. Big win for Kansas City. All right, Steve, what about you? I'll say Chiefs thirty one twenty eight. Okay, I'm going to tell all of you, you're freaking losers. All three of you are losers. <laughs> Trust me, I want to tell you, all, the all three of you are losers. It is okay, tell be, us why. Tell us why. It, it, I'm just going to tell you, it ain't Tampa no more. It's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to win this football game. 34 
31. Oh, I hope to God it, I hope to God Tampa Tampa Bay pulls through, but I <laughs> I told I, a friend I of mine that, I, told, I told a friend of mine there's uh used to be a girl that worked in Memphis as a uh like a reporter and she got kind of a uh promotion to move to Tampa and kind of anchor. I think she anchors in the mornings. I don't know what it is she anchors. But she tweeted out today predictions, who was going to win. And I said, you know, I got Papa Bay. And she loved it. 